May I say this to you that victory is of the Lord. If you want to be victorious in your personal life, you need God. You want to be victorious spiritually, you need God. You want to be victorious in every area or aspect of your life, you need God. There's no way you can do without God, except if you've resoluted yourself for eventuality or you've resoluted yourself to be a victim in the hands of the enemy. Because the Bible says, for without me, ye can do what? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Praise God. Here is a scenario wherein the people of God strayed away. They were doing their own thing, living the life that they want to live. And sometimes it happens to some of us. When we stray away, instead of seeking God for the victory that we're looking for, instead of running back to God, waiting upon him, our eyes are centered on the mundane things of this life. Instead, our eyes are centered on the pleasures of life. Instead, our eyes are centered on, on the, the money, the wealth of this life. Praise God. It was Solomon, the wealthiest man who ever lived, said, Vanity is vanity, and all is vanity. Praise God. In other words, the earth is full of what? Vanity and vexation. Praise God. Now, looking at it carefully, you see that the Bible says that Asa loved God. Asa cares for the things of God, while his people already strayed away. But then the Bible says something very, very interesting, that the king Odeb, I mean, the king Asa received a word from the prophet Odeb, praise God. The man of the Lord came and spoke to him and told him about his heart condition that was with the Lord, but that his people were away from God, but then if they will seek God, they will receive whatever they believe in God for. That's number one. Number two, if they draw closer to God, Almighty God will draw closer to them. Praise God. He started off by saying, number two, verse two, he says, and he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, hear ye me, Asa, that is the prophet of the Lord speaking, praise God, when the Spirit of God came upon Odem. And he said to him, the Lord is with you while ye be with him, praise God. God is with you while you be with him. And if you seek him, praise God, if you seek God, praise God, the Bible says if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will what? Forsake you. Praise God. So in other words, if you seek God, you will find God. If you forsake God, then you yourself will be forsaken. Praise God. Many times, most of the problem that we have is not that God is far away. God is everywhere. Do you believe that God is everywhere? Yes. God loves everyone. God cares for everyone. If I let me say this to you, one of the most painful and the most, the most frustrating thing that will happen in this life is for you to be in love with someone that is not in love with you. Have you ever experienced that before? And you're not going to tell me that, but it's true. See, it's only my sister that is sincere. She's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> Praise God. It happens sometimes. You are desperate in love with God. And God is also desperate in love with you. But there are those who God is so desperate in love with, and yet they ignore God. Praise God. 
And these are the people when they ignore God, they see the things of God as a burden. These are the people after they ignore God, they decided to ignore God, they see the work of God as a burden. They even see God as a dictator. He wants to control me, wants to tell me how to live my life, wants to tell me what to do. Praise God. And these are the people also that tend to dictate to God whatever they want God to do for them. Praise God. They see God negatively, but then at the same time, the same negative aspect is their own way of behavior towards God, their lifestyle. Praise God. Let me say this to you. You cannot control God. You cannot direct God. He's wiser than you are, stronger than you are, powerful than you are. Praise God. And so whenever God gave instruction, it is for our good. It is not for his own good. Whenever God gave instruction, it is for our good, not for his own good. So the instruction of the Lord came to the prophet saying that they ought to seek God. Why? Because they are straying away. Now the most dangerous thing that will ever happen to a man is to live your life without God. But look at Israel. They had the worst thing ever happened to them. Look at verse 3. Can we read that together, please? Now for a long season. Do you see that there? A long season. A long season. Israel had been without the true God. Did you get it? It didn't say Israel has been without God. They had other gods at this time. Oh, yes. There are some of us who have other gods other than the true God. Praise God. This was their lifestyle with other gods. Other gods can be the God of money, mammon. Other gods can be your own very life, yourself. You have become your own God. You are idolizing yourself. You love yourself more than you love God. Your decision is above the decision of God. Your plans are above the plan of God. You don't care as long as you're okay, as long as you're satisfied, as long as your needs are met. It doesn't matter what God thinks. It doesn't matter what he says. It doesn't matter. I don't care what he will feel. I don't want to know. I love myself. I just want to get satisfied. I just want to live the life the way I want to and the way I feel like, the way I think it is right. And that is how we serve ourselves as God. We become our own idol. Praise God. When the things of God becomes a burden, when the love of God is no longer there, the desire for anything that has to do with God says, no, 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 no. You know, my own Christianity is in my heart. It's in my heart. It's in my heart. I don't want to get involved. As long as I can worship him on Sunday, he understands, and that's it. But then, 99% of all that you are living or your lifestyle is contrary to the word of God. So you only make time for God when you feel like, or when you think like, or when you want to. Praise God. So that's Another form of God that you are having. It can be your friendship. It can be that relationship. It can be that unbeliever. 
that brother in the secret, that sister in the secret, right? That tells you, don't, don't listen to the pastor. Don't listen to this church, church, this religious people. I will take care of you. I will pay your bills. I will treat you right. When you know how much I love you, it's a lie. Do you want to tell me that that guy loves you more than God who created you? He's just deceiving you. Do you want to tell me that that sister loves you much more than God? If she loves you that much, let her take you to heaven. That's when we know she loves you. Or if he loves you that much, let him die for you. So that you will live, I mean, you will live after he had, he had already sacrificed himself. He died and he paid the prices. Let's, let's, let's nail him to the cross. Let's see for your sake. So the Bible says, for now Israel for a long time had been without the true God. You have fake gods. Some of you, your, your academic life has become your God. Some of you, your children has become your God. Some of you, your job has become your God. Another kind of God that you are worshipping that you have respect for, that you honor, that you love. Your heart goes after that God above almighty God who is the true God. But the Bible says that Israel was without the true God. Can you imagine for a long season? Long time. How long have you backslidden? But you still come to church and you smile. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, God is good. You are so wonderful. But deep down, your heart is far, but your mouth is right here. But your heart is gone. Jesus said, you call me Lord with your mouth, but your heart is far away. Praise God. Do we love him? Are we close to him? Do we understand him? If God will, will, will choose today between you and someone else, will he choose you or will he look at you and abandon you? For a long season, Israel had been without the true God. When I read this, I said, Lord, how do I miss this over the years? I didn't notice this. For a long season, Israel had been without the true God. For a long season, you've lived your life without prayer. For a long season, you haven't been fasting. For a long season, you haven't had genuine worship in the presence of God. For a long season, you haven't been studying your Bible. For a long season, you haven't have personal, intimate relationship with God for a long season. Let me show you something. It is just natural. If you're driving and you're playing music, or maybe you are connected to a particular station, radio station, right? And you're within that area, that frequency, you are catching the frequency, right? But the farther you go, the farther you go away from that radio station, you begin to have cracks. You're losing frequency. Praise God. That's when you begin to have interruptions with other stations. Then the sound begins to change. The voice begins to fade. It begins to come in once in a while. You hear one or two voices. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that. And that's how some Christians are. They are already disconnected, far away, deep down in their heart. 
For a long season, they've been without the true God. And it didn't stop there. The problem was worse. And without a teaching priest. And without the law. Hey. You see, when you are without the true God, it makes your situation a dying situation. When you are without a teaching priest, it makes it worse. And then you are without the law. The law is the instruction of the Lord. The law is the word of the Lord. Praise God. The Lord guides. The Lord, the Lord teach. The Bible says that the Lord, the Lord, the word of the Lord will direct our paths. Praise God. And if you're without a teaching priest, some of us don't want the teaching priest. That's the part we don't like. We don't like to be taught. We don't like to be instructed. We don't like to be guided. We don't like to be warned. We're living in a time and an age where everybody knows. I know, I know, whatever. I can handle it. I can deal with it. Oh, oh, it's fine, it's fine. But what you don't know is that you are missing out without the Lord. You are missing out without a teaching priest. You are missing out without the law of Almighty God. Now you become lawless. You become ungoverned. Now you become wayward. Now you become independent outside of God's instruction. Now you can make decisions irrespective of the consequence. Now you don't even care whether you please God or not. It doesn't matter to you. What is the fear of God? It's gone through the window. You've lost the fear of God. You've lost the love of God. You've, your heart is gone without God. The true God and without a teaching priest and without the law. For how long? Long season. Verse 4 says, but when they in their trouble did return unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. How I pray we return this morning. How I pray we return wholeheartedly say, Lord, I missed you. I missed you, Lord. I missed you, love. I remember those days, Lord, when I was fasting like crazy. When my life was a prayer machine. Lord, I remember those days when I kneeled down to worship you. Lord, I'll be lost in awe. In your presence, Lord. I remember those days when I take the word to study. Lord, I have lost you, Lord. I have lost your presence. I have lost your glory. Lord, I have lost the anointing. Lord, I have lost the wisdom, the virtue that you poured upon me, Lord. Lord, bring me back to you. Bring me back to my first love. Bring me back, oh God, to be, to be faithful, to be holy, to be humble, to be God-fearing, to be loving, to be obedient, Lord, to seek your face when nothing satisfies me but you, oh God, just you, oh God, just you. God, just you, Lord, I miss you, Lord, Lord. The Bible says they call back to God. When was the last time? You look at your life. You look at the way you are going. You say, Lord, I'm out of touch. When was the last time? You look at the things you are doing now. The life you are living now. Now sin has become your lifestyle. And you are no longer convicted anymore. And now you are saying, Lord, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Of course, you don't know why. Because you've been away for a long season out of his presence. 
But the Bible says they returned. Look at the verse. The verse says, But when they in their trouble did return, they turned unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him. You see, already God told the prophet that if you seek the Lord, you will find him. And look at the scripture says, he was found of them. He's such a loving God that always wants you home. He always wants you to come home. He cares for you. He loves you. Do you think God wants you to suffer the way you are suffering? Do you think God wants you to be disappointed? Do you think God wants you to be abused? Do you think God wants people to make a fun of you? Do you think God wants people to disappoint you here and there? Do you think God wants you to fail? No! This is the God, the Bible says he had loved us with an everlasting love. This is the God that the Bible says, while we were yet, we were yet sinners, he died for us. This is the God who says, it doesn't matter, even though I am God, I will face the cross. I bet you, if you were God, you would not have done what God did for us. With your respect, with your prestige, with your status, go try that with your prime minister. He won't do it. Try that with even your mother, your father. They won't do it. Try that with your friend, your neighbor, your husband, your wife. They won't do it. But God decided to accept himself as the sacrifice. Go through public disgrace. He was embarrassed. He was reproached. He was nailed to the cross. Praise God. He was stripped naked. Not only that, his blood was shed. They spit on him. They called him names. Made fun of him. All because of you. And all because of us. The question is, how long should God wait for you? How long? Hallelujah. God wants us to make up our mind to serve him. He wants us to make up our mind to love him. He wants us to make up our mind to be steadfast in his will, in his word. Look at what happened in verse 8. And when Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Odin, the prophet, he took courage. You see that? It takes courage. He took courage, put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim and renewed the altar. He renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch. Look at this. That is restoration. That is revival. That is, that is repentance. Praise God. The man decided to destroy the altars of evil, the altars of wickedness, the altars of sin, the altars of idolatry, the altars of occultism, witchcraft, satanism, you, you, you name them. All these altars were being destroyed and he decided to build the altar of the Lord. Can we destroy the things of the world? Can we destroy the passions of the world? Can we destroy the giftings of the world? Can we destroy the appetite of the world? Can we separate ourselves from the influence of the world? Can we let go ourselves in the presence and say, Lord, I surrender not some, not few, but I surrender all? Can we say, Lord, as much as you have loved me with an everlasting love, I cannot afford, Lord, to miss such opportunity, Lord. I love you also, Lord, with an everlasting love. Praise God. Verse 9, the Bible says, he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and strangers, praise God, with them out of Ephraim and Manasseh and out of the sea, out of Simon, for they fell 
to him out of Israel in abundance, which, which they saw that the Lord his God was with him. Praise God. So they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem in the third month, in the fifth year of, a, of, the, of the reign of Asa, and they offered unto the Lord the same time of the spoil which they had brought, 700 oxen and 7,000 sheep. Verse 12, he says, and they entered into a covenant. These are the times and the days that God wants us to enter into covenant. To say, Lord, I've tried sin, and sin has not helped me. I've tried the world, the world has not helped me. I've tried the powers of darkness, they have not helped me. I've tried pleasures of life, that has not helped me. I've tried friendship, that has not helped me. I have tried money, money has not helped me. I have tried people, people have not helped me. I've tried position and status and all the accolades, accolades of this life. Those things have not helped me. So Lord, I am coming back to revive and rebuild the altar to seek you, Lord. Verse 12 says, they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their hearts and with all their soul. That is the instruction. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. What do you use to love God? Do you really, truly love God? Is your heart with God? Is your spirit connected to God? Listen, when you love God, you will not be forced to do things for God. When you love God, you will not be pushed to the way of God. It's like somebody says, hey, love him more. You must love him. Marry him, marry him. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. And then they have to force you. Yes. Say yes, say yes. He doesn't, she doesn't love you. Or he doesn't love you. Anyone that you're going to force to love you, huh? or forced to marry you, you better run for your life. You know they don't love you. Let it be from a genuine will, sincere heart. Look at it. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their hearts and with all their soul. A covenant child, listen to this now, is a victorious brother or sister in every area and aspect of life. People, listen. People who live a covenanted life are people who are safe and secured in the presence of God. They are always protected. Provision is always available. God always works on their behalf. Many things, many things happen to those who are living a covenant life. These are the reasons why even our relationship with God is a covenant relationship. Covenant through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's also a covenant that was fulfilled through Jesus Christ. The seed of David. That is why he paid his blood and his life at the cross. It was a covenant life. When was the last time you have a covenant with God? What's your covenant? What's your covenant? What is that thing that is connecting you and God? What is it that bound you and God? And you say, this is my oath with God. I will never break it. Or this is my Covenant my agreement with God. Many people don't go into covenant with God. You know why? Because of lack of integrity. They don't have the character. Unfaithfulness. It's not because of, I'm afraid not to break the covenant or I don't want to make mistakes. No. It's lack of character. 
spiritual stamina is not there. Praise God. It says, and they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with their heart and with all their soul. Verse 13, that whosoever will not seek the Lord, you see the agreement they made, they bound it with a consequence and with an oath. Whosoever will not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death. Can you imagine this? Whether small, wow, whether small or great, whether man or woman, we're entering into this covenant. And if you choose not to serve the Lord, you die. This is not something that they forced them to do. That is what the Bible says. They decided to enter into this covenant. In other words, they were saying, we've decided to live for God, to love God, to be with God forever and ever, to serve him, or else the implication of the covenant is we rather die, but we choose to serve God. These are the reasons why the Bible says, or else they will be what? Put to death. In other words, they are saying it's best to die than to live without God. It's best to die than to allow the world to overtake the love of God from us. It's best to die than to allow the devil, Satan himself, You know, it reminds me of what happened with Saul, right? The Bible says when he was overwhelmed by the enemies, he decided to kill himself. He asked, he asked one of the soldiers that was beside him to, to kill him. The guy says, no, he cannot do this. And then he took the sword of the guy, pushed it in, and then he dropped dead. Rather than falling victim to the enemies, he decided to take his own life. You know what he was saying? I rather die than to be in captivity to the enemy. How many believers are like that? To say, I rather die than to be in captivity of sin. I rather die than to be in captivity of the kingdom of darkness, witchcraft practices. I rather die than to be in, in captivity of the world, the pleasures and, and the abominable things that are happening in our world today. You see, better days are not coming on. In those days, they used to say, better days are coming. Better days are not coming. The world is going from bad to worst. Satan already arranged himself. <laughs> Revelation says something. He says, rejoice therefore ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because the devil had come down unto you with the greater wrath, knowing that he has but a short time. You don't know that the time is short. Satan knows very well. Look at what is happening in our world today. Do you think that this issue of corona is not normal? It's not normal. The issue of corona is spiritual. The issue of corona is political. The issue of corona is demonic, is satanic, and is a worldwide issue. Do you want to tell me, let me ask you a question, that with all the wisdom of man that God gave to man, do you want to tell me that man cannot cure corona? It's a lie. Blatant lie from the pit of hell. Do you want to tell me that the scripture contradicts itself? That God gave dominion to man over everything upon the face of the earth? You see, when there was Ebola in Congo, Guinea, Sierra Leone, there was a vaccine. Praise God. And before you know, that's the end. Ebola is over. Praise God. 
Hallelujah. But now there are people are taking the vaccine and they are still having corona. That's the question. What is the purpose of the vaccine? If you can answer, that will be fine. You are taking the vaccine, but you are still having corona and people are still dying of the same sickness. But then the vaccine now is being imposed on people. You must take the vaccine. What is the purpose of taking the vaccine? If the vaccine doesn't cure the corona, which the purpose of the vaccine is for corona, then what is the use? Satan is not a fool. He knows exactly what he's doing. The Bible says that we must be attentive. Why? Because the time is evil and the time is short. So God expects us for, for, for us to run back to him. He says that they had a covenant with the Lord that they rather die. But if not, they will keep maintain that relationship with God, that covenant. Verse 13 says that whosoever will not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death, whether small or great, whether man or uh, male or female, man or woman. Verse 14. And they swear unto the Lord. You see, unto the Lord. It was not by force. With a loud voice and with shouting and with trumpet and with cornet. Verse 15. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath. You see, they it was not out of pressure. They, they did it wholeheartedly. They rejoiced now because of such oath. Praise God. For they had sworn. Look at this. I love this verse. It says, for they had sworn with all their hearts deep down, not by force. It was something. It's like a woman that, that made up her mind. I want to marry this guy. Yes, yes. For better and for worse. Before the reverend father would say, for better and worse. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Yes. Yes, she smiling. You see all her gum and everything out. Yes, yeah. Why she's happy or he's happy to say, yes, I do or I will. The Bible says they were celebrating, rejoicing with all their hearts. They swore and they sought him with the, their whole desire. With their whole, look at it. Then, and they sought him with their whole desire. And look at what happened eventually. He was found of them. And the Lord gave them rest round about. Do you want to have peace in life? It is not in money. It is in God. Do you want to have rest round about in your marriage? It is not even in your wife or in your husband. It is in who? In God. Do you want to have peace? Do you want to have victory? There is nothing that you are looking for that is not in God. Good health is in God. Money, prosperity, abundance, victory, excellence in living. Everything is in God. The Bible says God gave them rest roundabout. Do you want to rest roundabout? How many of us as believers were having a lot of commotion, anarchy roundabout, confusion roundabout, disappointment roundabout, stress roundabout, failure roundabout, attacks roundabout, oh, demonic manipulation roundabout, setback roundabout, a lot of constraints and a lot of challenges roundabout. Why? Because you have not yet entered into covenant with God. When you enter into that covenant, you'll be exonerated from anything roundabout. Praise God. Why? Because the peace and the rest of God is going to be your portion in Jesus' name. When you enter into covenant with God, 
Listen to this very well. The reason why a man will go out to protect his wife is if a man is walking out, out there with his wife and you mistakenly do something to that woman, that man will jump like a wild lion to defend that woman or to hurt you. Why? What are you trying to do to my wife? Why? There is a covenant between both of them. They already say, for better and for worse, till death do us part. And your, your pain is my pain. Your, your battle is my battle. Your money is my money. Hey, your children are my children. Hey, your house is my soul. If you touch her, you touch him. You touch one, you touch all. Praise God. That is how it goes. So you cannot be a covenant child of God and Satan trespass your life. It's not possible. Not possible. That is when the Bible says God will move like a drunkard. Have you read that before in Jeremiah? It says he will move around like a drunkard or like a crazy man. Go out there to fight on your behalf. God always protects his own. God always fights for his own. Every time you have a covenant with God, the sovereignty of God, his integrity is over you. Praise God to protect you. Stay away from idols. Turn to your neighbor and say, stay away from idols. Idols won't help. Look at chapter 25. In fact, what they will do, they will cause you more trouble. Praise God. Chapter 25, let's see verse 15. Are we there? Chapter 25, verse 15. Hallelujah. Chapter 25, are we there? Verse 15. Thank you, Jesus. Can we read that together? What does it say? It says, wherefore, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Amaziah. Praise God. Are you, are you there? Verse 15, right? Second Chronicles chapter 25, verse 15. The anger of the Lord was kindled against Amaziah. Why? He says, and he sent unto him a prophet, which said unto him, why has thou sought after the gods of the people? Why? Why are you going after the gods of the people? Why are you serving the gods of the people? Why are you living by the gods of the people, the instruction of the people out there? Why do you go after? Why do you seek after the gods of the people? Why do you sought after the gods of the people? Which, look at this now, which could not deliver their own people out of their hand. This God cannot deliver. The God of the people, the God of the world cannot deliver. He cannot help. The God of sin will lead you into more sin and bondage. Praise God. Don't follow after other God. They say, you know what? You tried A, B. Why won't we try this God? Why won't we go down to the village? Why won't we practice this? Why won't you touch this? Why won't you swallow this? Why won't you rub this? Why won't you put this one, wear this one? And if you do this, you do that, this is going to happen. You see, occultism and witchcraft has become the anthem of our day. You hardly see young people now that who are not involved in either witchcraft or occultism, except for a few. Most of them will come in, young men, you see them looking good, but they are underworld agents now. The world is not ordinary anymore. And for those of you young girls, women, ladies out there, you see all these wonderful men that looks good and look, hey, hey, you don't know. You don't know what you're joking. 
while you are studying for your exam, they are already gone for a secret meeting somewhere. And then they will come and do their thing, pass their exam, and do their occultism, and you don't even know you think they are good friends. Ah, this guy is nice. He looks like a gentleman. Let him take you to his gentle place where he do the gentle things. And you see the kind of God and power behind that gentility that he's manipulating with. You'll be surprised. The other day I heard a story. This young man just from nowhere started making money and buying this, buying that. And he's just having wives and kids everywhere. And there's suddenly an accident. He died. Nobody knows the secret of this young man. When they were about to go bury this young man, during the time for the funeral, some guys came unexpectedly. Strange. The dad was like, who are these people? Black, black. This thing happened a few weeks ago in my country. I'm not telling you stories. I'm not lying. I'm in the presence of God. The man was like, is, are these people club people or soccer team? This boy is in his 20s. Oh. No, he belonged to an occultic group. Mother didn't know. Father didn't know. So he was the sacrifice. It was his turn to die. So he died accidentally. But the parents knew nothing about it. The girls that he's been running around with knew nothing about it. He just came up overnight begin to buy land, buy car, buy this, buy that, living a luxurious life. What's going on? Don't join them. Don't join them at work. Don't join them at school. Don't join them over overseas. Don't join them. Some of, some of them might even be in the church. They are the ones that we refer to as the unbelieving believers. They are there, they say they believe, but they believe nothing. Why? Because secretly they are walking with the kingdom of darkness. But beloved, the point is, if you return unto the Lord this morning, the Lord will return unto you in the name of Jesus Christ. And do you know one good thing about returning? Whenever you are traveling, you the journey seems very long. It says, ah, oh, we're going far. Oh my goodness, this road is long. You look at the time. We spent how many hours on the road? But when you are returning back, it's like, ah, we're already here. Oh my goodness, so soon it's the same time oh, but the journey looks shorter whenever you are returning home. If you can return today, everything will look as if it was just like that overnight. God will make everything shorter for you in Jesus' name. The Bible says something in the book of Isaiah. It says if you return unto the Lord, there will be rest. Isaiah chapter 30, 15 and 16. Isaiah 30, are we there? Verse 15 and verse 16. It says, when you return unto the Lord, you're going to experience rest. For thus said the Lord, God, look at this, I love this. He says what? The Holy One of Israel in returning, in returning and rest shall ye be saved. Return, relax, rest, you will be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. And ye will not. That is the problem. God say return, some people will not. Hallelujah. God say rest and return, you are going to be saved. No. They say we don't care. 
Be quiet and be confident. Keep your faith in God and stay believing God, depending on the integrity of God. Now I'll do my own thing. The Bible says, and ye would not. Are you among those that will not return? Or are you among those that will return and say, Lord, I'm returning today. It doesn't matter what I will lose now. Let me lose it. It doesn't matter what it's going to cost me now. Lord, I will return. So the very first thing you have to do is to what? Return. Number two. Live a sanctified life. Live a sanctified life. The same Chronicles, 2 Chronicles chapter 29 verse 5. We're still with Chronicles today. 29.5. Live a sanctified life. Life. How can you live a sanctified life? Simple. Live according to the word of God. That is what the Bible is saying. Chapter 29 of 2 Chronicles, verse number 5. Can we read that together? 29, 5. Hallelujah. And said unto them, Hear me, ye Levite. Are you a Levite? Yes. Because you are bearing the presence of God. You are carrying the presence of God. You are a Levite. Hallelujah. So, Hear me, ye Levites, ye people of God. What is the instruction? Sanctify now yourself. Remember when God spoke to the children of Israel, he said, sanctify yourself today because tomorrow I will do wonders among you. You remember that? Now he says, sanctify now yourself and sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers. It didn't stop there. Praise God. What did he say at the end? And carry forth the filthiness out of that holy place. This is deep. Very deep. So sanctify yourself first. Number one. Number two. Sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers. And then number three. Carry forth the filthiness out out of the holy place. That sanctity there has to do with your life force. Praise God. Sanctify yourself. What are some of the things that you do when the pastor is not around? No church member is there on this gadget. Some of you are still watching porn. You look, you say, ah, pastor, he said us. When nobody sees you are online. Right? But then we're still believers. Some of you are still secretly taking drugs. You're sniffing, smoking, drinking secretly. You go to a party somewhere, and they say, it's it's wine. There's nothing wrong about it. In fact, the Bible says, Jesus, turn all time to wine. Take a little bit for thy stomach's sake. Come on. It's just a sip. It's not not too bad. God understands. Just sip, sis. That's how you become a drunkard. So now you can't go to bed without sip, 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 sip. You begin to sip until they eventually sip you out. Praise God. Sanctify therefore yourself, your body. Some of us are engaged in sexual immorality. We're still touching still kissing, still having sex secretly, nobody knows about it, 
say, as long as I'm not pregnant, or the young man will say, don't worry, I'm not going to get you pregnant. Don't worry, we have no problem with that. Nobody knows, nobody understands. Secret sexual immorality. Some of us will be coming professional liars. Everything we lied about. Every single thing we lie about. Some of us are engaging deceitful practices, ungodliness. But all of these things, nobody knows about it. Hence we all come and we well dress and we shout hallelujah. Everybody thinks that we're good. Oh, he's a brother in the Lord, or he's a pastor, or he's a leader in the church, or he's a member, or he's one of the, the right-hand man of the pastor. That sister is the right-hand woman of the pastor. Or he's a friend or the neighbor or he's a brother. And so we're, we're, we're good, we're good. There's no set of people that are as hypocrite as believers. Oh, yes. Pastor, you said that. Sanctify yourself. Sanctify your father's house. Praise God. Do you see that there? Sanctify yourself. Sanctify the house of the Lord of your fathers. That is your father's house. Some of us, the thing that we don't do to the people of the world, we come to church and do it. The disrespect that we don't display out that we do, we, we, we do that same disrespect here in the church. You come to church, you don't care about the things of God. Carelessly, you walk into the church, you don't care, and then you just you cross your leg anyhow, you eat and then spill anything on the floor. You say, it's a church. No problem. You never sweep, you never clean, you never mop, you never vacuum, but you don't care about that. Have no respect. You don't even consider, oh, I'm coming into a place of worship to a holy God. Some people, as soon as they step into church, it's talk, 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 talkativeness. Have no respect for the presence of God. In the church, some even in the church, don't you see that sister? Which one? You know the tall one? You know the short one? You know the chubby one? That skinny one? Okay. See this style, right? Some people are even in the church messages going on, they are texting. Gossiping about the church outside, sending the message. Say, ah, hmm. I see, bro is in church today. Hey, mm, what did? How does he look like? The bro doesn't know. You take his picture, pop up, and then you say, beep. <laughs> oh, we are doing it. You behave as if you are you are checking your message. You don't. You are very fast, especially with the ladies. They can go like this. They already fix everything. As soon as it goes, just one. It's <laughs> they already got you. If it is a video clip, they will just send. If it is a, if a, a, a photo, they just pass the phone like this. Some of them will make as if they are scratching their head. They make sure they, they're getting you where. Before you know, they send the thing in the church. In the church, you see sisters and sisters fighting over a brother. And the other one said, I was the first one. The other one said, oh no, I will not let him go. I will not let And then the pastor had to choose between this brother, uh, this sister, and this other, who will marry to the, ah, ah. When has that become part of the church? Praise God. 
Let the church be the church. Let the church be holy. Let the church be sanctified. Let the church... Listen, let me tell you something. One dangerous thing you don't know. I said something on Friday, then I'm, I'm going to reintegrate that, but then I want to say something else. Many times people come to the church without problem, but they go out of the church with a lot of problem. You know why? They come in and they did something that was wrong in the church, maybe despising the praise and worship, despising the pastor, disrespect a sister somewhere, or disrespect a brother. God says, ah, in my house. There was a cause released on you. You don't even know. You come to church, you were happy, and you went home, you were discouraged before you, know, you begin to feel sick. You begin to wonder, what's the problem? It's not corona. It wasn't corona. Mm, don't put it on corona. Because everything now is corona. God doesn't coronize you. So it's not corona. It's a release of God's judgment. Why? Because you came in, you were gossiping about a brother, you were gossiping about, uh, gossiping about a sister, and God said, in my house, in my presence. That's, that's been going on, not here by the grace of God, but in many churches. And that is how we receive damnation and curse instead of blessing in his presence. And let me say the other thing now that I wanted to say. Many of us, we don't enjoy the blessings of God. We don't enjoy the, 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 the provision of God because you know what? You walk into the house not with respect. You've come to see Pastor Adolphus and what you don't even know is that the God of Pastor Adolphus was there and you did not recognize him. Oh, you are here to see Brother Alex and uh, Brother Alex was not the most important figure the God of Brother Alex. Oh, you are here to see uh, Sister Grace, but Sister Grace was not the issue. The purpose of coming to church is Almighty God. And so you come in, and with that negative mindset or with your own preconceived idea, you miss the blessing, you miss the provision, you miss the grace, you miss everything or anything that God is doing at that time. Why? You despise the God of the house. You have no respect for the house. And these are the reasons why some people they will be in the church for many years with many problems, not a single testimony or a single miracle. That will not be your case in Jesus' name. Second to last, number three. Number three, we must present ourselves as a sacrifice unto God. Let's go yourself. When, when are you going to give yourself wholly to God? When? When are you going to give your time you see, you're not, you're not fear. You know that, right? You know you're not honest. Let's talk now. Let's talk personal. You know you're not faithful, personal. No, it's me and you now. We're talking like family talk. Let's be honest. You know why I say you're not honest? You're not being sincere. You're not being faithful. Do you know how many years of your life you've given completely to the world and you haven't tried Jesus for one year? That means you're not honest. Let's be talk, I mean, let's talk real. Do you know how many times you've been drinking alcohol over the years of your life? And Jesus says, now that you're with me, can you just try me one more year? Give me one year. You spent 36 years being a drunkard. Give me one year now. And even that one year, you're fighting with Jesus. He says you spent 26, 27 years committing immorality, living such a life. No, just give me one year. Let me be in you. Let, let the manifestation of my holiness, my purity, my sanctity, so that you see the difference and you see the result. He said, no, Jesus, not now. 
Not now. You know, I said I surrender, but it was just some, not all. So when the others are singing, I surrender, you are saying, I surrender some unto thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender some. And Jesus said, I don't need some. I need all. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. I want to show you a secret here. Romans chapter 12. Thank you, Jesus. One more there. Sometimes you read this verse, but you don't pay attention to it that much. Romans chapter 12, are we there? Verse 1 and verse 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your body a living sacrifice. You see that? What should you present? Your body. Paul says, I'm begging you with the mercies of God. Give your body. Give your body. It is that body that the Holy Ghost is going to dwell. It is that body that God is going to use for miracles. It is that body that the power of God is going to come in. It is that body that God is going to use to heal other people. He says, present that body, your body, a living sacrifice. Holy. Acceptable. Look at it. Holy. Number one, a living sacrifice, not a dead one. Number two, it should be holy. Number three, it should be acceptable unto God. And then number four, which is your reasonable service. Four different standards. Holy, sacrifice, praise God, acceptable, reasonable service. Four major requirements of what you're going to sacrifice unto God. Number two, verse two, let's go. And what? Be not conformed to this world. Take note of this now. After you've done that, don't conform yourself to this world, but be transformed. Then he explained how you can be transformed. Be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. Now take note now. Hmm. You make yourself a sacrifice. You commit yourself. You make yourself holy unto God. A reasonable sacrifice. But it says don't conform but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What do you use to renew your mind please? The word of God. Now but look at what is interesting here. It says but you must do that to renew your mind. There is a secret and there is a reason why he tells you to renew your mind. Praise God. There is a reason why he tells you to renew your mind. He says and be not conformed to this world but be transformed. So it is only a transformed mind. Praise God. A transformed person that will be able to renew his own mind. And he says and you renew your mind by the re um, uh, by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove that ye may prove what is that good. Take note. Many Christians cannot prove that which is good. They cannot prove that which is acceptable. They cannot prove that which is the perfect will of God for their life. That is the problem. You know why? Because you are not renewed. Your mind is still the same. Your concept is still the same. Your ideologies and your activities are still the same. And so as a result, you cannot see the newness of God. You cannot see the goodness of God. You cannot see the provision of God. You cannot see the blessings of God. You cannot see the protection of God. You cannot see all that God has done. Why? Because your mentality is still archaic. Praise God. Your mentality is still demonic. Your mindset is still worldly. Your mindset is, is still sinful. It's still carnal. And so God is saying, what I have on this side is completely unique. It's powerful. It's bigger than what you are thinking about. What I can do here is more powerful than where you find yourself. So move from there over here and begin to think and look at what you are seeing here. What do you see? You see the good. 
You see the acceptable and you see the perfect will of God. And so when your mind is renewed, you see the way God sees things. You think the way God thinks. Praise God. You do think the way God wants you to do it. And you don't allow yourself to be overtaken by the world and the affairs of the world on this side. Are you getting it now? So the only way you can prove the perfect, the good, and the acceptable will of God for your life is when, number one, your life is a sacrifice, a living sacrifice. Number two, your life is acceptable to God. Number three, your life is a reasonable service. Number four, you transformed by the renewing of your mind and not conforming to this world. Because when your mind is transformed, that is how you will be able to prove that which is what? Perfect. That which is the acceptable will of God for your life. Then faith is not going to be an issue of battle anymore. You're not going to struggle by faith. When they say believe God, you wholeheartedly believe God because your mind is renewed so you know what God is capable of doing. Finally, finally, rest in the will of God. Rest. You have struggled, you have suffered, you've done all sorts of things over the years. As I said, for once be faithful to surrender all to God. For once be faithful to permit him to do his will. For once give him a chance to prove himself wrong or right. Rest in the Lord God. I don't know what is troubling you. I don't know what you are anxious about. I don't know what you are fearful about. I don't know what you are confused about. I don't know that which has threatening your life. I don't know that which has put your back against the world. Or maybe you are saying, Lord, who will help me, Lord? Lord God, who will make a way, Lord? Things are hard. Things are difficult. God, I don't understand. I don't have any clear sense of direction, beloved. Let me say this to you. It will be easy for you. It will be better for you if you can say, say to yourself, Lord, I surrender all and I depend on you and you alone. You see, anything that you give to God to keep for you or to preserve for you, it will be safe. What's in the Paul that says, I know who, I'm, who I believe and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Do you know why Paul was saying that? He says, I believe God for my life. I can trust God. Can you trust God for your life? Can you trust God for your family? Can you trust God for your career? Can you trust God for your finances? Can you trust God for your health? Can you trust God for everything and any other areas of your life? Can you surrender all and rest in God? Finally, 2 Chronicles 14. 14, 11. Thank you, Jesus. Surrender it to God. Chapter 14, verse number 11. Are we there? And Isaac cried unto the Lord his God and said, look at what he said. Look at what he says. Lord, it is nothing with thee to help. Hmm. Whether with many or with them that have no power. With many or with them that have no power. It's not a problem. God will help. Help us, O Lord our God. I love this. I love this. I love this. Take note of this. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee. Hi. Who? What do you rest on? 
Are you resting on God? Do you rest on God? For we rest on thee and in thy name we go against this multitude. We rest on thee and in thy name we go against the kingdom of darkness. We go against poverty. We go against sickness. We go against frustration. We go against disappointment. We go against any attack or activity of the kingdom of darkness. We rest on thee and in thy name we go against this multitude. And I love this. It says, O Lord, thou art our God. Let not man prevail against thee. Let no man. Beloved, today, God wants me to give you an assurance that if you can seek him wholeheartedly, if you can run back to him, if you can cry unto him, if you can beg and ask for forgiveness and repent and seek the Lord, trust me, that which you have labored for over the years will come looking for you. That which will take others years of their life, it will happen for you in a moment. God is faithful. God is good. God is just. God is true. He had never disappointed a man. He will not disappoint you. He will not fail you. But are you ready to seek him? Are you ready to run back to him? Are you ready to say, Lord, I'm sorry? Shall we stand to our feet this morning and let us talk to the Lord? Lift up your voices unto the Lord right now. Bless the name of the Lord. Give him all the praise and the adoration that he deserves. Yes, Lord. Come before him this morning. Pour your heart to the Lord. Tell him you're sorry. You'll be straying away for quite a while. But you're coming back home. Tell the Lord. Tell the Lord to help you. Shall fail. 
on the third day you rose from the dead I covenant my spirit I covenant my soul I covenant my body unto you Holy Spirit seal me with your presence thank you Lord for saving me in Jesus mighty name we pray to glorify you we want to live this life that our life will be a testimony and a legacy to the unbelievers and to another generation after us spirit of the living God we ask for your mercy this morning have mercy upon each and every one of us this day in the name of Jesus Christ father we plead to you whatever way we have fallen short whatever we have done wrong contrary to your word whatever mistakes we have made have mercy upon us in the name of jesus lord we ask for the cleansing power of the blood of jesus you cleanse our hearts you cleanse our mind you cleanse our spirits you cleanse our soul you sanctify purify us Father, you cause us to be vessels to honor and not to dishonor in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit of the living God, we ask, Lord, for divine help. We ask that you help our hearts, you help our lives, you help our soul. 
that father our lives will never be the same we will not be stagnated we will not fail you help us in every area so that we will live godly life we will live holy life we will live a life lord that is a covenant life a life that is sacrificed to you holy and acceptable a life that is a reasonable service enable us that our mind will not conform to the world but that our life will be transformed according to your word in the name of jesus christ father we break every yoke of sin we break every yoke of the desire of the world we break every affliction every yoke of bondage the pleasures of this life be destroyed in jesus name Father, we release every man under the sound of my voice. We release every woman, every child. That, Father, we will not stray away from your presence. But that, God Almighty, we will live this life to glorify you. And we will please you in Jesus' name. Father, we make a covenant with you. A covenant of worship. A covenant of righteousness. A covenant of truth. A covenant of obedience. A covenant of faith a covenant of being faithful so that lord we will live this life to glorify you in the name of jesus we worship you lord we bless your name we give you all the glory we give you all the honor we give you all the praise thank you father in jesus mighty name we pray shall we put our hands together for the lord amen bless you you may be seated praise god and for those of you who are watching, we want to thank God for your lives. Praise God. We really appreciate you joining us this day. We want you to know that we'll be praying for you by the special grace of God. And feel free to share our messages out there to your loved ones, friends, and family members. So that they will get saved. They will get to know the Lord. So that they will be able to live the life that glorifies God. And don't forget to keep us in your prayers. And join us tonight at 6 p.m. Tonight. We are continuing with our generational issue, praise God. And today is the last night for the August session, the August night, praise God. It is the last weekend in August. Next weekend, we'll start with something new. But make sure you are, you are part of what God is doing tonight. God has great things in store for you. And today is the final package. It's coming down with blessing. It's coming down with revival. It's coming down with restoration. It's coming down with everything that you are believing God for. And so join us at 6 p.m. Toronto time by the special grace of God. To meet again, God richly bless you. And you have yourself a wonderful weekend. Amen. <laughs>